Uh, let's take our Bibles and turn to uh, Ephesians chapter number 3. Now, our actual text for the remainder of the week and where I'm going to work out of is Romans chapter number 16. And uh, I'm going to be preaching on finding yourself in the family of God. And as Brother Joseph was preaching on a personal level, I too want to emphasize that, that this is a personal uh, message and messages for you uh, to find yourself as a part of God's family. I can't tell you that you're a part of God's family. Uh, I don't have that ability. I can't see your heart. Uh, but uh, you, as you look into these sermons and into this text, as we will look, you will hopefully see yourself as one of those family members uh, that's a part of the family of God. But this morning, I'm going to read just as a springboard uh, Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to give you a, uh, a summary of what the sermon's going to be about uh, this week. Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse number 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, in heaven and in earth is named. I am uh, glad this morning that God wanted a family, aren't you? He said in Psalm 107, He setteth uh, he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock. Psalm 68 said, He's a father of the fatherless and the judge of the widows and is... Uh, God setteth the solitary in families. I'm glad that the Lord wanted a family. Several years ago, I was sitting around the table with my brother Joe, who has, and his wife have six children. It was back when they were small. And we were eating, and the next-door neighbor sent a little girl about four years old uh, just across the yard there. To, uh, she wanted uh, to see if, uh, if, if uh, the lady of the house had an onion she could have. She needed an onion. But the little girl, four years old, you know, they just don't always get it right. So we saw her standing at the green door, and my brother said, Honey, what is it? Come on in. And she came in, and he said, What do you need? She said, Mama wants to borrow a young'un. <laughs> and... Uh, he said, she wants what? said, she wants to borrow a young'un. He said, praise God, how many she wants? She can have all, <laughs> borrow them all if you want to. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad that the Lord was not satisfied with just angels. Uh, he was not content with a creation, uh, with creatures, even humanity. But uh, he wanted a family. He wanted bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, so to speak. He wanted children that could be called the children of God. And aren't you glad this morning that you are children of God? Amen. And as the songwriter said, he said so well, I am so glad I'm a part. Not just of the human family. God has placed two families in this world, one through Adam the human family, the fallen family, but also another family through Christ, that heavenly family, 
that regenerated family. And that's the one the songwriter was writing about. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. And I felt that this morning in the singing and then as you uh, moved around and fellowshiped one with another, I sensed that feeling that you were glad to be here. And even more than that, glad that you were a part of God's family. Now, I want to, as I will this week, I want to this morning, this morning, I want to summarize so you can uh, see where I'm going with this matter of being a part of God's family. And I want to point out some things that you find in every family, but especially you will find it in the family of God. And what the Lord has sent me here to do is to stir you up uh, in an appreciation, in a new awareness and uh, a new thankfulness for God's family members, for each other that He has placed together, that as family members we could come together and that we could worship Him knowing that we are a part of the family of God. He wants you to be as excited about His children as He is, thank God. But as I thought about these, uh, the, the family of God, uh, I, I thought about, and we're going to point it out. It's found in Romans chapter number 16, but we're, we're going to point it out that there are several things that, that families have that the family of God has. And I will enumerate them in introduction this morning. First of all, I would say to you that every family represented here today has a family tree. A family tree. You have a genealogy. Now, when I was young, I never thought about, you know, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, and on back. It didn't, uh, it didn't interest me. But the older that I get, the more that I, I have wondered about uh, my ancestry. And so I, got, uh, I ordered Ancestry.com on the Internet. And I thought, I'm going to search out the Williamses. I already knew there were only three kinds in this world before I started. One, those that are real intelligent. Two, those that have a lot of money. And three, us. <laughs> and so <laughs> I wanted to search it out. And I did. I got on Ancestry.com and... And uh, I was elated to find out what I already knew and thought to be true, that I did not descend from a monkey. Thank God for that. I was able to trace my parentage back several generations to, uh, to, to great-grandfathers and so on. But on the other side, the flip side of that, the downside is that the more I searched, the more I found out that some of my folks did hang from trees. But it wasn't by a tail. And the more that I studied, the more that I looked, the more that I said, you know, that's not too good. And so I called and canceled my subscription. I do not want to know any more about the Williams. And don't sit back there with halos. You're a part of the uh, Adamic family too. And if you'll search your family tree far enough, you'll find some things you're not proud of. But we all, uh, we all have that, that natural family tree 
that we can go back to, some can go back many generations. My wife can trace hers back over 200 years and, and others can, can, can continue on back as far as Adam is concerned. But, uh, you know, heaven puts no importance upon that natural family tree. Uh, you, you'll get no acceptance in the, in the sight of God because of who your parents were or your grandparents. Uh, that ceased at Calvary because God introduced us to another family tree on a hill called Calvary. And thank God while, uh, while humanly speaking we all came from that, that uh, first tree of Adam... I'm glad that God has given us another tree in Christ. And the importance of heaven is, is have you, have you, are you a part of that tree? Or do you find yourself in a tree called Calvary? There is the family tree or the, the uh, genealogy, as we would call it, that is found in Christ. But not only are there uh, family trees uh, for every family, each one of you can trace back so far to that ancestor, and that, all of those names on that tree are kin because you traced it back to that, to that point. Uh, but I think that in every family, there are those family uh, traits. Uh, the DNA that has been handed down, the genetics that uh, you received because that you, you received it from the same uh, parentage. Uh, they did a study and they found out that ugly is inherited. That's true. So if you're ugly, you don't, you know, it's not your fault. And uh, also in, the, in that study, they found out that one out of three people in America uh, are are ugly. So if you look at the person on your right, and if they're not ugly, and everybody's looking, <laughs> look at the person on your left, and they're not ugly. If neither person is ugly, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but that's what they say is that uh, in these family traits, that that uh, one out of three is ugly. But the truth of the matter is, just as physically we have features, uh, maybe the tone of our voice, maybe our height, the weight that we battle with, uh, the texture of our skin, and so on, uh, we all realize, and that's why so often when we go to the, uh, to the doctor, they will, they will give us this little quiz or this little uh, uh, thing we fill out, uh, in, in information as to, and they will want to know if any of our parents have ever had any of these diseases. Because if they've had them, then there is more of a probability that you might be able to get them because that it is inherited, these inherited traits. And so if, if you are living in a family, uh, there ought to be some resemblances. He said, I ain't got no teeth. And uh, said, uh, somebody else gives me a bath and I got a diaper on. So <laughs> said, I feel like a brand new baby. But uh, there are some things genetically as, as, uh, as children that resemble our parents. 
And if you're in a home that the mom and daddy claims to be your mom and daddy, and you don't look like either one of them, you don't act like either one of them, you don't talk like either one of them, there's just nothing about you that reminds anybody of them, then I don't know what to tell you again. That's, you know, a problem. But I do believe that if we are children of God, that that, that love that He has shed abroad in our hearts, the love of God, and uh, the things that are of a father's nature should be inherited by us. And others should know, not so much by what we say, but by our actions and our attributes and, uh, and the way that we conduct our lives, that, that we are a part of a family, a heavenly family called the family of God. Because... Not only are we a part of that tree, but we have those, those traits that uh, are ours. Another thing that we are going to discuss, not only the family tree and the family traits, but I think that in every family there are, um, there are treasures. I would call them heirlooms, uh, inheritances, each one of us having some little something that used to belong to our parents or our grandparents or our great-grandparents that now are in our possession. And the sole reason that they are in our possession is simply because we are a part of that family. It's not because of who we are and what we've done, but who we are and that, that we have been born into that family. And so when those parents or grandparents pass off the scene, a lot of times they'll say, I want this one to have my ring, or I, I, want, I want this one here to have my set of tools, or I want this one here to have this, or that one to have that. And what they will do is they will leave their belongings behind, uh, their treasures behind, their heirlooms behind, because they want family members to have them. And so they hand the treasures down to you. And good news, children, this week we're going to notice that we have also an inheritance in our family. There are those heirlooms and those treasures that belong only to the family of God. And you can't find them outside of God's family. And how wonderful it is to realize that we have something that this world does not have. And the only way that they can have it is they've got to become a part of the family of God. And all those treasures that we're going to look at, uh, those, those heirlooms that we possess, that our Heavenly Father gave to us in His promises and He wants His children to have. And thank God we have those, those treasures that come down from our Father. Treasures. Oh, I, was, I, I, I could enumerate many of them, but I don't want to get into the sermon. But I, I was thinking of one of the treasures, of course, is, is peace. Aren't you glad? For the peace of God that passeth all understanding. 
the peace of God, the peace with God that can let you know that you do not have the wrath of God abiding on you. Can you remember that day when that cloud of God's wrath dissipated? I can just about take you to the spot. There's no virtue in the spot of the day, but I can remember that when, when the cloud of God's wrath and the fear of hell left my heart and God's peace poured in. Since that day, I've been able to rest. That's been 41 years ago and almost 42. I've been able to lay my pillow on, on not just on a, 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 a piece that this world offers that, that dissipates with the surroundings and circumstances that, that happen, but thank God when it comes to the Lord, I have no fear. He has taken that fear away or that dread or that wonder as far as eternity is concerned. I have perfect Rest and peace. Now this world will say peace, peace, but then come a sudden destruction. But in Christ we have a possession that God has given. And he said, my peace I leave with thee, my peace I give unto thee. And one of the ways that you know that you're God's children is because you have peace with God. Isn't that wonderful? And that's only one of many treasures. But I wonder, what would you trade for that piece? What would you sell that piece for? Oh, my goodness, it's worth more than all the world. This whole world is, uh, is spending and expending its energy, its time, its money to find satisfaction somewhere. But thank God we can have it given to us in Christ. Peace. The, uh, the family of God has a, a tree. It's called Calvary. The family of God has its traits. Hereby know that we are the children of God. The family of God has its treasures. And I can't wait to preach on that. The family of God also has its tongue or its talk. It's talk. And uh, uh, David said he has put a new song in my heart, even praise unto our God. But aren't you glad the Lord changed your vocabulary when he saved you? And he put some words in there that were foreign to your natural language, but have become natural to your spiritual language. And that one of those words that we're going to deal with in, in Romans chapter 16 is the simple word, Amen. Now I wonder before you were saved, how many times did you say Amen? I don't know that I ever used the word out of my heart. I know I didn't as far as Amen is concerned. But since I have been saved, uh, that word is just a part of my vocabulary. It's a, Amen. And I wish that we could have the, uh, the, the black choir in when I preach on that and nobody can sing it like they sing it. Amen. And we're going to try it. We're going to try it. Because amen is so real. And it's more than just a song or more than just a word. It's a talk. It's, it's family language. It's words that we use because we're a part of the family. Amen. Which means it is so. 
Let it be so. God is faithful. God is true. Verily, verily. Amen. We have that family, that family tongue. But not only do we have the family tree, the family traits, the family tra treasures, the family tongues, uh, tongue, but we have the family ties. You ever hear the little phrase, the ties that bind us together? And of course, we're going to notice in, the, in this matter of God's family that God knew that there was only one thing that was going to hold us together because we are so different. We're from different backgrounds, different occupations, and uh, so on. And uh, different ages and all that other stuff that differentiates us. But the one thing that we have in common is that he said, when he saved you, he did the same thing to you that he did to me. He said, and the love of God was shed abroad in your hearts. Now, why did he put God's love in your heart? Because love overcometh a multitude of sin. And he said that uh, you can have church, you can have church members, just like in a physical family. You can have a house, a car, uh, all of the rooms that are in there that facilitate a house. You can even have a mother, a father, and have children. But if you don't have love to tie that together, you don't have a home. And I'm going to tell you, so many times we put the emphasis on, on the building or we put the emphasis on the number of the people and uh, we put the emphasis on who the pastor is or the emphasis on how great the choir sings and all that stuff. But I've been in churches where they could do all of that, but you did not sense that there was the love that they needed one for another. And it would not be long until that church would be split and in splinters because they didn't have, they didn't have the ties that bind us together. The thing that needs to be emphasized and cultivated in our individual hearts, finding yourself in the family of God, is this love that we need to dispense and we need to express uh, not only to one another, but I'm going to tell you the only hope for sinners that they're going to have to run into the same thing you ran into that saved you, and that is the love of God. Now, we can give them our doctrine, and it's good, and uh, we, we can tell them how we believe, and that's good. It's all part of it. But I'm going to tell you something. There has to be mixed in that the ingredient of God's love, one for another. Children can be told how and what to do and can, and can be raised in instructions and the right instructions. But if you want to make a child dysfunctional, I don't care how many books you read and go by and how many, much you teach them, you let that teaching be absent of love and you're going to raise a dysfunctional child. Dysfunctional child. And if you want religion to be dangerous and religion to be harsh and, and, and religion to be, uh, I'll tell you, detrimental, is you have folks that all they've got is religion, religious teachings and, uh, and, and, and gatherings and things of that nature, and you take the love of God out of it. And I'm going to tell you something, you've got something that is dangerous. Dangerous. Someone was talking, uh, our former president spoke of uh, 
uh, Islam, and he said that Islam was a mean religion. And many, many scorned him for that. But I didn't think he took it far enough. Uh, you know, it was religion that put Jesus on the cross. Religion in itself, left to itself, is, is barbaric. And more wars have been fought over religion than any other thing in this world. And how many people have been martyred and killed and had blood shed by religious hands? But it's religion absent of the love of Christ. Well, Paul said, it is the love of Christ that constraineth me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I believe the Bible, I believe the Word of God, I believe the truths of Jesus and His death, burial, and resurrection and the doctrine of it and all of these other things, but I, I believe that the only way we can express them like they need to be expressed is to ask God to fill our way every day with love. This, this area doesn't need just another church. There are churches everywhere. They need individuals that, that, that are members of these churches that can love them with the love of Christ. And that's what's going to make the difference. And it's the one thing that this world cannot, does not have and cannot duplicate, cannot legislate, cannot formulate. It is God's love. <laughs> but aren't you glad for that day when he shed that love abroad in your heart? And you felt that you were able to do what you'd never been able to do, and that is to love out of Christ's love or to allow Christ's love to shine through you. Every family, as I say to you, has its, its tree. It has its traits. It has its treasures. It has its talk or tongue and and it has its, its ties. Its ties. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul, when he turned to Christ, he lost his family. He lost uh, his religious status. They began to persecute him. They whipped him. They... They stoned him. They put him in jail. And eventually had him beheaded. But you know, the good thing about it is, is while he lost, and he tells us so, he lost his natural heritage. As God promised to Simon Peter, he said, Simon, he said, uh, no man shall lose, shall, uh, shall give up on his father and his mother and, uh, and his land and houses and possessions. Uh, no man shall sacrifice that, but what he won't receive tenfold in this world and in the world to come. And while the apostle Paul lost his earthly family, in Romans chapter number 16, he begins to enumerate and to share with us this list of names of his heavenly family. I have in my lifetime only ever been able to call eight people brother and sister. That was in my physical family. 
But 41 years ago, when I came into the family of God, it opened up such a vastness of brothers and sisters. And could it be counted the times that I've used that term? And I don't use it lightly. I don't just go down to the grocery store and ask, Hey, brother, where's your milk at? Hey, sister, where's it? No, I don't do that. But those who are part of the family of God that I've been introduced to in, 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 uh, across this country, how many thousands of times I've been able to shake hands and hug a neck and say, brother and sister. God gave me an innumerable, as he said to Abraham, as the stars of heaven and as the sands of the sea, I have a family in Christ. What a wonderful family that is. And you know as I do that your family in Christ becomes closer than your family in the flesh. Especially if the family in the flesh doesn't know Christ. Now there is no, I don't think in this world, there is no closer relationship than having a brother or sister or mother or father who are in Christ also in the flesh. They are literal, but that is a great, that, that is a great tie and great Binding. One of my brothers got saved about the same time I did. Y'all know him, Joe, many of you do, and called to preach. And, and there's, there, there's no, humanly speaking, there is no man in this world that I'm any closer to than he because down through the years we have been able to share not only family history, but we've been able to share our, our relationship in Christ and to enjoy the things of God which brought us, uh, brought us together on a spiritual level, the family tree. But you know, I have uh, on occasions met people who had no earthly family. And that is sad. It, it, not to their discredit or anything, that they just they had no earthly family. I've had them say, Preacher, I have no family left in this world. And I've seen people come down to the age of, uh, and the time of death and, and really have no family connections in this world. But I do want to say to you and to everybody else that would listen, you don't have to live life without a family. You don't have to live life without a family. I know where there's a family you can be a part of. And, 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 and this family, thank God, is not partial. Uh, you, If you come through, as we'll preach this week, if you come through the tree called Calvary, it won't make any difference what your past was and and where you came from, it won't make any difference what your heritage was. It won't make any, none of that will make any difference. If you'll come through Christ, you can be, you can be a part of the family of God. And what is so much a blessing is uh, to see folks, as I've seen this morning, when they had time of fellowship, uh, you see you like bees working a hive, trying to get around each other to shake hands and, and to fellowship. And it's because that God has given you a family. And he has knotted that family together. And it's called the family of God. And good news, children, you don't have to worry about this family dying out and ceasing to be. Because our family, 
just begins down here, but it has forever yet to be in glory. Isn't that wonderful? Me and my wife and children, when they were small, we used to listen to a, our story hour on the radio. We would tape it so the kids could hear it time and time again, and they would either tell a Bible story or they would tell, give a biography of an individual. It was around Christmas time, and they were giving this, uh, this story about a, a baby that was adopted by a, a rather older couple. So that by the time that this, this baby was grown into manhood, the couple were real old, and eventually they passed away. They had no other children and no other family connections. And so they left this boy in a world of which he thought that he was family-less. And it was around Christmas time, Christmas Eve, and he was going to the store to get some things. He was going to come back and celebrate Christmas by himself. And when he came out of the store to cross the street, a car hit him and uh, put him in the hospital, seriously afflicted. And after he was in intensive care a while, they moved him out into this room with another gentleman. And he got to noticing that this other gentleman in this other bed had hordes of family members that came in to visit him. Several brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and, of course, his wife and his children. And as he lay over in the other bed, he was saddened to realize that there was no family that could come and visit him. And then there, during the course of the days that were there, they began to, uh, to talk one to another, and the dear wife of this other man began to ask him about his family. He said, oh, well, I don't have any. And said, my uh, adopted parents passed away. And uh, his adopted mother had left him a picture that had been given to her of his natural mother, and that's all he had in this world. And uh, so the lady, just out of kindness, asking him about his family, asked to see the picture. And this is a true story. Our story hours are never forgotten. And so she goes over to pick the picture up and looks at it. And when she looks at it, she's flabbergasted. And she says to him, is this some kind of a joke? And he said, no, that's, that's all I have of my mother. And she began to tell him that her husband in this bed had eight brothers and sisters. And seven of them, or eight of them, including him, had been put in foster homes. And when they got older, they began to look for one another. And when they got out on their own, and they had found eight of the brothers and sisters, but they knew that there was one other left. But they didn't know where the other one was because they knew that he had been adopted out and they didn't know what name that he had been given. And come to find out in that hospital, in that situation, God had so worked it out until this young man found out that he was the ninth one. Isn't that amazing? Only God could work that out. He went in the hospital thinking, I have no family. And he came out 
with eight brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, and a whole horde of family. And I thought about that. And I thought about how gracious God was, not just to make us individual children all isolated by ourselves. But he saved you and you and you and you and me as a family. And then he brought us together as a family. Because nobody can enjoy family like family. And enjoy the things of God like God's children can. And he lets us come together because we are the family of God. Aren't you glad God wanted a family? So God would be demonstrated before us, that we might be drawn to them, that you might work in each one of our hearts in such a way that by the end of the week, we can say it's good to be a part of the family of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake alone. Amen. And amen.